A new CNN poll initiates total panic among Democrats as Joe Biden flatlines against a bevy of Republican candidates. Former Trump aide Peter Navarro is convicted of contempt of Congress, and the WHO issues another COVID warning. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I talk about them every single show. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So there is talk now among Democrats of pulling the ripcord on Joe Biden. It's time to parachute out of Biden land. The reason they're freaking out is because there was a poll last week from the Wall Street Journal that was really bad for Joe Biden. It showed that he had approval ratings in the 30s. It showed that he was running dead even with Donald Trump. Now, there is a second poll out from CNN showing that Joe Biden is indeed an extremely weak candidate. Again, CNN is a poll you would imagine that generally be pretty friendly to President Biden. This poll certainly is not. According to CNN, there is no clear leader in a potential rematch between Biden and former President Trump, who is widely ahead in the GOP primary. Nearly half of registered voters, 46%, say literally any Republican presidential nominee would be a better choice than Biden in 2024. Meanwhile, hypothetical matchups also suggest there would be no clear leader should Biden face one of the other major GOP contenders. There's only one notable exception against Governor Nikki Haley of South Carolina, former UN ambassador. He would lose 49-43, according to the CNN poll. All the rest of the Republican candidates are running either dead even with Biden or within one point of Biden either up or down. Since Biden announced his re-election bid earlier this year, his approval ratings have remained mired in the low 40, similar to Donald Trump's standing in 2019, well below Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, and Bill Clinton at this point ahead of their re-election campaign. The, the fact is that virtually every metric for Americans about Joe Biden is bad. His job approval rating is at 39%, according to CNN. 58% say his policies have made economic conditions in the United States worse. That is up eight points since last fall. 70% of people say that things are going badly in the country. 51% still say the government should be doing more to solve the nation's problems, which again, for those 51% of Americans who look at our government and see how intrusive our government is and how large it is and how much money we're spending, they think the government ought to do more to solve my problems. Honest to God, just bang, banging your head against a wall repeatedly is not a good strategy for solving problems. On Biden personally, 58% of voters say they have an unfavorable impression of him. Fewer than half of Americans, only 45%, say that Biden cares about people like them. That is a terrible number for Captain Empathy over there. Only 33% describe him as someone they'd be proud to have as president of the United States, which is a really, really low number. Two-thirds of Americans say, nah, not super proud of it. Only 28% of Americans say that Joe Biden inspires confidence. Only 26% say that he has stamina and sharpness enough to serve effectively as president, meaning 74% say he is not he is not virile and sharp enough to be president. Those declines are not driven by Republicans. They are driven by Democrats and independents as well. 73% of Americans say they are concerned that Biden's age might negatively affect his, cult, his current level of physical and mental competence. 76% are worried that he won't be able to serve out another term. 68% say that they are worried about his ability to understand the next generation's concerns. For people younger than 65, that's 72%. Old people are like, no, nah, he understands the young people. But you'd imagine that's what they say because, you know, they're older. <laughs> Most Democratic voters at this point are hoping for an alternative to Biden. 67% of Democrats and Democrat-leaning voters say it's either very or extremely likely that Biden will again be the party's nominee. But that same percentage, 67%, say the party should nominate somebody other than Joe Biden. That is up from 54% in March. Now, they can't name who that person should be. They're just saying we are very dissatisfied with Joe Biden. We don't like him very much. Now, there have been serious problems inside the Democratic Party for Joe Biden. Strong majorities of Democratic and Democratic-leaning voters say that Biden cares about people like them, but that's at 81%. That shouldn't be at 81%. If you're a Democrat, that should be at like 90%, 95%. Your support base inside your own party shouldn't be at 80%. 
75% job approval among Democrats, that's not very good for a president of your own party. Only 51% of Democrats say that he inspires confidence and only 49% say that he has the stamina and sharpness to serve effectively as president. So a minority of Democrats think that Joe Biden is up to the job. As far as the biggest concern with Biden, 49% say his age. His mental acuity, 7% and health, 7% are also top concerns. So if my math is correct, that 63% of the American public or, or 63% of Democrats who say that um, they are deeply worried about basically his, his ability to function. Another, 70, another 7% say they're worried about his ability to handle the job. So 70% of Democrats are at least widely concerned about these particular problems. Only 5% say they have no concerns. So those are, those are really, really awful numbers. As far as the choices in a 2020 rematch, registered voters are currently split between Trump and Biden. They've got Trump up 47, 46 over Joe Biden in, these, in this poll. Now, the, the real decline for Biden there is among minority voters. And this is why I think this poll and a lot of polls like it are kind of a chimera. I think that there are a lot of polls right now that are showing Biden at bad numbers because there are a lot of people who are saying that they're wavering about Joe Biden. But I don't believe that those voters are going to stay on the sidelines or flip to Donald Trump. I'll explain what I mean by that in just one second. First, is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know, the battery is dying like every five seconds. You have to keep it plugged into the wall, which defeats the point of having a cell phone in the first place. Well, it's time to get rid of that old thing. Switch over to Pure Talk and you will get a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. You get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month plus, it comes with a mobile hotspot. If you're not using Pure Talk, you're simply paying too much money. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Get your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch over to Pure Talk. Again, visit puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, the official wireless partner of The Daily Wire. These days, I've been spending an awful lot of time on the phone related to business. Pure Talk is making that connection for me. If it's good enough for my business calls, it's good enough for everybody's business calls. Go check them out right now. PureTalk.com slash Shapiro to get your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch on over to Pure Talk. Get great coverage and save money along the way. Alrighty, so back to this CNN poll. So the numbers that are showing Biden at 46%, there's some other numbers baked into that cake that I'm not certain are going to maintain up until the election. So in other words, he is certainly running weak. He is certainly a very, very weak reelect candidate. I think there are a lot of voters out there who are going to, quote unquote, come home. Here's what I mean. Biden right now sees a majority of support among voters of color at 58%. He's not going to win voters of color at 58%. He's going to win voters of color at 70%. The reason I say that is because if you look at the last election cycle in 2020, he won 92% of the black vote. He lost 38% of the Hispanic vote. So he, he won the Hispanic vote, like 59% of the Hispanic vote. He won 72% of the Asian vote in the last election cycle. So none of those subgroups are coming in at 58% or below. To assume that all of them are going to come in collectively at 58%, I find that very, very difficult to believe. No Democrat has lost more than about 30% of minority vote for probably two generations. So the notion that this is going to be the time when the numbers just shift dramatically in favor of Donald Trump, I have a hard time believing that that's the case. I think there are a lot of people who are saying, yeah, I don't want to tell pollster I'm going to vote for Biden because I don't like him very much. But if forced to the choice, I think there are going to be a lot of voters who, quote unquote, come home, which is, again, why I think that counterintuitively, one of the things that is that is strengthening Biden is Donald Trump's candidacy. I mean, it's pretty obvious that, that Joe Biden can't turn out voters for himself. Nobody likes Joe Biden or cares about Joe Biden. Joe Biden literally ran a campaign as a corpse last time. 
He's going to do the same time this this time, except he's an older corpse. They're going to wheel him out. He's going to go from his face hole. And then they're going to wheel him back down to the basement in Delaware. And that's going to be his entire campaign. He's not going to debate Trump. He's not going to do a mano a mano combat with Trump. No, nothing. He's going to sit on the sidelines and wait for Donald Trump to be the center of attention. It's going to be the exact same campaign as last time. Now, do you think that fully 10 to 12 percent of minority voters are going to shift over from Joe Biden to Donald Trump? I have a very hard time believing those stats. He still sees a majority support among college graduates at 56 percent, 55 percent among voters younger than 35, 53 percent of women. Donald Trump has majority support in the CNN poll among white Americans, men, 53 percent, voters without a college degree, 53 percent. Independent voters are still breaking in Biden's favor, 47 to 38. So do suburban women, 51 to 44. So again, I'm having a hard time seeing the path to victory in those numbers because it seems to me that if independent voters are splitting 47 to 38 and all the Democrats are voting against Trump and all the Republicans are voting for Trump, I I don't know how Trump is able to pull out a victory under those circumstances. Again, Trump's high watermark is this poll at 47%. Could he win an election with 47%? I mean, he did in 2016, but it was the tightest run thing ever. I mean, he literally, he lost the popular vote and he was able to win the votes in precisely the right places. Is that history going to repeat itself in this election cycle? Ironically, again, Joe Biden's bad poll numbers are actually helping him in sort of a practical sense. They're elevating Donald Trump in the Republican primary because it's making Trump seem very electable against Biden. So a lot of Republican voters who love Trump on a personal level, they're like, I don't have to choose between winning and voting for the guy I like in the primary. Look at the polls. That's totally understandable. I get it. It makes sense, right? I mean, like Trump in this poll is actually running the same as Ron DeSantis. DeSantis is is running head to head against Biden at 47, 47. So basically they're the same numbers. So if you're a, a Trump fan, like love the guy and somebody says to you, well, he's not electable. They're going to look at this poll and they're going to go, well, I mean, who is? He's running the same as all the other Republicans. He basically runs like default Republicans. So why can't I have my cake and eat it too? I'll vote for the guy who I love and is entertaining and did good things for me last time around and is a giant middle finger to the left. And he can win just as easily as any other Republican. What I'm telling you is I don't think that that's actually true, but I certainly understand the data that's being presented on the other side. And that's actually helping Biden because if you believe as I do, that Joe Biden's large advantage in voter turnout comes solely as a result of people hating Donald Trump. Well, that's good for Biden. The other thing that's good for Biden about these bad poll numbers is that one of the things that really hurt Hillary in 2016 against Trump the first time, one of the things that really hurt her was an assumption by literally everyone that she was going to walk away with the election. That was the baseline assumption of virtually everyone. You'll remember the, the famous New York Times needle that showed at the beginning of the night a 99% probability that Hillary Clinton was going to be president. And by the end of the night, of course, Donald Trump was president. You remember this. So because everyone thought Hillary was going to win, no one showed up to vote for her. All these voters in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, all these voters were like, Hillary's going to win anyway. And it's, it's cold outside and I don't like her that much. I'm just going to stay home. And so Donald Trump was able to sneak by. My favorite stat from the 2016 election that that proves this out is that in Wisconsin, which Donald Trump won by a fairly decent margin in Wisconsin, Donald Trump in 2016 won fewer absolute votes than Mitt Romney did in 2012. But Mitt Romney lost the state because Barack Obama got the vote out for his side and Hillary Clinton lost the state in which in which she was running against a person who got fewer votes than Mitt Romney did in Wisconsin. Right. The the 2016 was election was a reflection of two things. People didn't like Hillary Clinton and they thought for sure she was going to win. Well, the first is still true here. People don't like Joe Biden, but they are certainly not sure that he's going to win. And that means that if you're uncertain and it's like, get your ass out of the chair on voter day and and like go do the thing, 
The voter turnout is not going to be as low as it was. It's not going to be as high as it was last time because last time was insane with all the mail-in balloting and all of the hubbub and the BLM riots and, and the COVID and everything. But it's not going to be as low as it was in 2016 in a lot of these places either from Democrats. Okay, so what is this? What, this is giving reason for Democrats to panic. By the way, I should, I should give you the actual stats here with regard to how, how Biden runs against various other Republicans. So Trump is, uh, is running, as we say, 47-46 over Biden in this poll, which is margin of error, effectively their time. They're 40, he's at 47% to 47% against Ron DeSantis. He's down two to Mike Pence, 46 to 44. He's down two to Tim Scott, 46 to 44. He is up one against Vivek Ramaswamy, 46 to 45. And he's actually down two to Chris Christie, 44 to 42, Christie over Biden. Nikki Haley is the only one with a clear lead. She has a 49 to 43 lead in a hypothetical matchup between the two. According to CNN, that difference is driven at least in part by broader support for Haley than for other Republicans among white voters with college degrees, which, which makes some sense, right? All these other candidates are running for the exact same crowd that Trump got. Nikki Haley does have some sort of white collar appeal that many of these other candidates do not. The Democratic coalition is white college educated voters and minorities. That is, that is their coalition. And the Republican coalition is white non-college educated voters and a bevy of sort of partial partial allegiance from various minority groups that is higher than it has been under prior Republican candidates. So if, if you can carve away some of the white college educated group or some of the women or some of the independent voters, Republicans have a good shot at victory. Right now, Republicans are saying they are more deeply driven to vote in 2024. 71% say they are extremely motivated. Democratic line voters, 61% say they are extremely motivated. And this is, again, why I think that this poll is kind of a chimera. I don't think that gap is going to exist on election day. I think when we get to election day, after months and months and months of Donald Trump is on trial, Donald Trump is a fascist, Donald Trump is going to destroy the world. Democratic voter turnout in 2018, in 2020, in 2021, in 2022 has been very, very good. Democratic voter turnout has not lagged in any election since Donald Trump has been on the ballot or in a shadow way been on the ballot. So do I think that a lot of Democratic voters are just going to get bored and stay home? I, I have serious doubts. But again, these polls counterintuitively may be actually helping Biden on a practical level. Democrats, however, are panicked. And we'll get to that Democratic panic in just one moment. First, I've been on the road, obviously. That means not as much sleep as I need. Now I'm home tonight. I cannot wait to get on my Helix sleep mattress and go to sleep for hours and hours and hours. It is the thing I most need in life. My Helix sleep mattress makes my life possible. Head on over to Helix right now. They have a brand new high-end collection called Helix Elite. Helix has harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix sleep mattress for seven, eight years at this point. It is great. It was made just for me. It's personalized for me. It is firm but breathable, which is what I need. I tend to heat up at night. And if the mattress is too soft, I get back pain. Helix made a mattress that works just for me. Their sleep quiz matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with that firm but breathable mattress. You should do the same. Head on over to the Helix Labor Day Sale. It's still going on. They're offering 25% off all mattress orders, two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. 
Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Okay, so Democrats look at this poll and they are freaking out. You can see the members of the media who are basically begging the Democratic Party, please run somebody else. Now, again, bizarrely, we now have agreement between the two parties on one fundamental principle. There's no way we can lose to that guy. That's the fundamental principle. Republicans are like, no way we lose to this doddering old geriatric moron. No way we lose to this corruptocrat. No way. And Democrats are looking at Donald Trump like, no way we lose to a guy who's under four separate indictments before the election. And a guy who participated in the events from the last election to, to January 6th. And a guy who can't, whose, whose main campaign activity involves going on Truth Social and saying stuff and raising money for his legal fund. No way we could lose to that. So you have both parties in agreement, meme style, like the, the predator meme of the gripping fists, saying no way we lose to that guy. The problem is one side is going to be wrong, right? Someone is going to lose the election. Someone's going to have to lose the election, you would assume. Or maybe this is Sarch, no exit, and we'll just keep running the same election over and over and over. Democrats are, are actually panicking first, which is interesting. And again, I think indicative of the fact that when we say the Democratic voter turnout is going to be lower, I, I am not so sure. Because if they are panicking, that means they actually want to win the election. So here's Erin Burnett with uh, Katie Porter, the representative with a whiteboard. And uh, she, she says, should Biden be replaced on the ballot with this kind of brutal polling? Does the Democratic Party need to start seriously looking at someone else? President Biden has done a terrific job on the economy. And I think this is a matter of just people wanting to, to sort of dream up what they could imagine um, for different kinds of candidates at this point. But the truth is, Joe Biden has a terrific story to tell on the economy. But do you really think, ultimately, Congresswoman, that if people just saw the economy differently, they wouldn't care about all these other issues that they, they seem to have strong opinions on, the stamina, the age, uh, whether they're proud to have him as president, all of those, uh, you know, frankly, pretty damning numbers. Well, as somebody who's run three tough races, I have read a lot of polls in my day, and there's always cross signals. Um, and I think that's some of what you see here. I think mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you look at the Biden um, ability to win independent voters, particularly over Trump. Um, you, I think this is shaping up with some of the exact same demographics going to support President Biden as did last time. And I think you hear, if anything, even stronger concerns about President Trump. So... I mean, again, you, you see her just going to Trump. That is her only defense. And as you'll see, that's the defense mechanism for Biden. Always and forever is going to be Trump. So Jake Tapper was asking similar questions to Joe Biden's campaign co-chair, Cedric Richmond, saying essentially, like, these are really bad poll numbers. What are you going to do about it? Do you not acknowledge that the perception of his frailty, perceived frailty, is hurting his campaign, is hurting his reelection chances? Now, about the president's age, you're going to voters will see his vigor. Voters will see his accomplishments. If you just look at 
uh, his schedule. He's traveling around the world over the next four and a half days to continue to show American leadership on the world stage. So when they compare President Biden's travel to that of uh, Republicans, even Republicans that are running for president, he's traveling almost 30 percent more than they are. Wow. He's a, so their defense is that Joe Biden goes in cars sometimes and on planes. Again, pretty weak. Elizabeth Warren was also out trying to defend Joe Biden. You can see how weak the defenses are. And as we'll see, the real defense is that we hate Donald Trump. As always, that is the only defense the Democrats have for Joe Biden's presidency. Why do you think they're having such a hard time getting their message through on the economy? Why do you think so many Democrats, your party, would like to see someone else be their standard bearer next year? You know what? I, I can't do polls. I'm not good at this. But I can tell you this. President's mm, doing a great job. She can't. And how do I know that? I just look at nope. what he has delivered. I look at $35 insulin. Oh. Wow. And we're soon to hit a $2,000 cap on what seniors pay for out-of-pocket medical care. I look at junk fees. And the number of people who are not going to get bled for $35 here and $50 over there. I look at the fact that he's passed the biggest climate package in the history of the world. And everybody is like, wait, I'm supposed to vote for that guy because he spent money on windmills? Really? In, in the inflationary cycle? And, and I'm paying a lot of money for gas every time I go to fill up? And you're, you're telling me he spent a lot of money on windmills? Like, that's, that, that is your case? I, I like when Elizabeth Warren, who was a Harvard law professor, like, I don't know what polls are. What is a poll? How do I read them? I know Elizabeth Warren. I've met Elizabeth Warren. In fact, she was one of the people who, who was a recruiter at the Harvard Law Party I went to when they were when they were doing recruitment in Los Angeles. Uh, and um, Elizabeth Warren is smart enough to read a poll. Uh, this 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 is absolute nonsense. But again, the final Democratic pitch is going to have nothing to do with Joe Biden. It's going to have to be entirely to do with Donald Trump, which is why if that's their plan, if their plan is we run against Donald Trump, then the poor polling for Biden actually creates kind of a bizarre sweet spot in the eye of this hurricane for him. We'll get to that momentarily. It's very weird. First, have you ever invested in like a nice jacket, shoes, maybe a nice dinner? Well, your betting shouldn't be any different. I mean, you wear that suit like, I don't know, once a week. You wear those shoes maybe every day, but you're not in the shoes, like the nice shoes that you spent a lot of money on. You're not in them like eight hours a night, every single night. Start investing in your best sleep with Bull & Branch. They make the only sheets that get softer with every single wash. Bull & Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on the planet. They feel buttery to the touch. They're super breathable. They're perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their signature hem sheets were made with luxurious threads. They're made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. Best of all, Bull & Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. How good are Bull & Branch products? Okay, so Bull & Branch makes this Afghan blanket. It is so good that I literally travel with it. When I'm on the road, I put it in my suitcase and I travel with it because it is so comfortable. And basically, I, I use it to sleep better when I'm on the road. It's that it's that good. Sleep better at night with Bull & Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code Shapiro at bullandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Shapiro. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval, dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. 
Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Okay, so again, the Democrats case, it's always and forever going to come down to we hate Donald Trump. That's all it is. And Kamala Harris makes this clear, right? She, she was asked this question yesterday. What, what makes you think they're going to win this election? And she's like, well, democracy is at stake. Now, those of us who live in the rational world are deeply annoyed by this kind of language. The, the reason I say this is because democracy is always at stake. I mean, when we talk about what Democrats have done, using executive orders, for example, to cause OSHA to try to force 80 million Americans to take a vaccine that they don't want to take. Or when Joe Biden decides to relieve student loans simply with the wave of his pen. Or when members of the Democratic Party try to undermine the credibility of the Supreme Court. Or when they refuse to acknowledge elections in Georgia, for example, like Stacey Abrams. When all that happens, that apparently is just good, solid governance. When Republicans do any of the above, then that, of course, is uh, is a threat to democracy. But the reality is that our democratic institutions are pretty durable and they've proved themselves pretty durable. This is why th this sort of language annoys me. I, I talked about it yesterday on the show. When people say this is the last election, they're lying to you. You know how I know they're lying to you? Because they're not out in the woods training with a militia right now. That's how I know. You know what people do if they think a war is coming? They start preparing for a war. You know what they don't do? Sit by their computers in an air-conditioned office and tweet about it. That's typically not what they do. Again, this is the campaign strategy. The campaign strategy is going to be Joe Biden in front of a blood red Independence Hall talking about how fascism is, is about to break like a wave upon the country if Donald Trump were to be reelected to the presidency. This is their entire campaign. Here is Kamala Harris making that bizarre case. You were dismissive of some of the Republican criticism of you and the president. When you look at current polling, the front runner for a Republican nomination is the former president, the 45th president. We will, we will win re-election. You will win. We will win re-election. There is too much at stake, and the American people know it. There's too much at stake is code for, if my opponent wins, fascism will reign. And maybe Americans buy it, but if they do, the only reason they buy it is because the media are liars on a routine basis. And also because we are going to spend the next year talking about Donald Trump and January 6th. And if this is the entire election is about Donald Trump and January 6th and not about Joe Biden's crappy policies, that does give the Democrats a leg up. If you're an independent voter and all you hear day in and day out from the media is threat to democracy, Donald Trump's in court today because he's a threat to democracy, Donald Trump's in court today because he's a threat to democracy, January 6th, threat to democracy. If that's all you hear from now till Election Day, and if Donald Trump is on Truth Social tweeting about that stuff all day, well, I mean, that's not going to be a good pathway to election. What would be a good pathway to election for any Republican worth his salt is Joe Biden is a terrible president. He's really bad at the job because you know what? The vast majority of Americans agree with that. And by the way, Joe Biden is getting worse. According to the Los Angeles Times, the Biden administration is now considering forcing some migrant families who enter the country without authorization to remain near the border in Texas while awaiting asylum screening, effectively limiting their ability to travel within the United States. Administration officials have been considering that idea as a way to stem recent increases in the number of migrant families crossing the southern border, which reportedly reached an all-time high last month. They're calling it the Remain in Texas plan, which is... It's clearly motivated by an attempt to stop all these people from going to New York and Chicago and blue enclaves where all the mayors are getting increasingly pissed off. So 
I love this. So basically, Joe Biden has an open border policy that is being greenlit by federal judges, by the way, because Texas tried to build a barrier in the middle of the Rio Grande to prevent illegal migrants from crossing the border. And a U.S. judge ordered Texas to move those buoys from the middle of the Rio Grande. This is to an embankment on the Texas side of the river, which, of course, makes it a lot easier for people to illegally enter the country. So the Biden administration is facilitating the entry of people into the country illegally. And then they're saying, and by the way, you have to keep them in Texas. They can't go to any blue areas. We have, you have to keep them right there in Texas. You have to suffer. I mean, this is just, you want to talk about malicious governance, malicious and nasty governance? That would be the peak of it. And by the way, it's clearly a response to Democrats who are becoming increasingly agitated about the fact that they're perfectly happy with open borders so long as they don't have to pay the cost of it. Just like everybody, all these rich white Democrats who are in favor of defund the police because they live in protected areas of the United States, live in gated communities and in favor of defund the police. It's just like that. All these people in blue cities and they're like, I love open borders. This is a sanctuary city. Please don't come here. We don't want to give you sanctuary. Please don't come here. My favorite side-by-side -side of the day yesterday. So Eric Adams this is a flashback 2021. Eric Adams talking about the magic of illegal migrants. When you think about it, uh, the days I spent uh, with our essential employees, a substantial number of them were uh, undocumented. Uh, they were delivering our Uber Eats. Uh, they were stocking our stores. They were out in the streets keeping our city running. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools. They keep our, our city running, says Eric Adams, circa 2021. Uh, fast forward two years. Here's Eric Adams yesterday. We're getting no support on this national crises, and we're receiving no support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Guys, that's that. Wow. This, this issue will, the migrant crisis will destroy. I thought that this was an amazing place. For my, nothing more fun than watching left-wing policies actually have their predictable consequences and then watching the same people who advocated for those policies realize how bad those policies actually were. Now, meanwhile, the economy continues to slow. I know that they're telling you that's not the case. Again, if you operate in the business sphere, you already know this. Every stat that's coming right now is a stat that's rooted in consumer spending. Consumer spending is not what drives economic growth. What drives economic growth is people producing new products, new innovations, things that are cheaper and easier, things that are better and more efficient. You know when that happens? When businesses invest. You know what businesses are not doing right now because they're scared of where the economy is going? Investing. Money is tightening up. It's not as loose. People are being a lot more meticulous about where they put their money. And by the way, that's going to have downstream effects. Walmart, according to the Wall Street Journal, is now paying some new store workers less than it would have even three months ago a sign that employers are seeking to cut labor costs as the once-hot market for hourly staff cools. The country's largest private employer changed its wage structure for hourly workers in mid-July, according to documents reviewed by the Wall Street Journal and Walmart employees. Under the new structure, most new hires will earn the lowest possible hourly wage for that store. In the past, some new hires, such as those who collect items for online orders, would have made slightly more than the other new staff members, such as cashiers. The wage structure change came after Walmart and other large employers have for years steadily raised wages and added benefits to attract workers in a tight labor market. So. The market is starting to flatten out. People are not going to pay as much, but those prices are still inflated, which means that the prices are going to start going to have they're going to have to come down when that happens. People are going to start losing jobs. 
The, the gravity still applies here. Meanwhile, health insurance costs are taking the biggest jumps in years. According to the Wall Street Journal, health insurance costs are climbing at the steepest rate in years, with some projecting the biggest increase in more than a decade will wallop businesses and their workers in 2024. Costs for employer coverage are expected to surge around 6.5% for 2024. These are bad economic numbers, and they're because of Joe Biden and his inflationary policies. So what would you rather run an election on? That stuff? Or would you rather run an election on whether Donald Trump is mean and nasty or whether he's the greatest patriot who ever lived? The more you're talking about Trump, the less you're talking about Biden. It is a simple, it is a simple matter of mutually exclusive time use. You can't talk about both Trump and Biden. There ain't the time in a campaign. Either people are focused on one candidate or they are focused on the other candidate, which again, brings up the fact that the legal troubles, unfair as they are, the Democrats are now ladling on top of Donald Trump. They're designed to have an effect and they will have an effect. Just because they're bad, just because they're unfair does not mean they will not have an effect. They absolutely will have an effect because if people are talking about this stuff as they will, then you know what they're not talking about? Joe Biden being awful at his job. So to take an incredibly dumb example, now Peter Navarro, who is a former White House official, he was found guilty of contempt of Congress charges for refusing to cooperate with a congressional investigation into the January 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. There was a short trial for Navarro. He was the second Trump aide to face contempt of Congress charges after Steve Bannon. Bannon was convicted on two counts and was sentenced to four months behind bars. He has been free pending appeal. Navarro has vowed to appeal the verdict. U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta found that Navarro didn't have enough evidence to show that um, Trump had invoked executive privilege. That was the claim that Eric Holder made. Eric Holder, you'll remember, was the attorney general for Barack Obama. He also was found in contempt of Congress for not showing up and testifying in front of Congress. He was not actually formally charged because he claimed executive privilege and Barack Obama backed him. Trump has not really made a statement about whether Navarro was utilizing executive privilege and the evidence isn't there. So the judge is like, well, if it's not executive privilege, then you have to show up and testify. But here was uh, Peter Navarro explaining. I said from the beginning, this is going to the Supreme Court. I said from the beginning, I am willing to go to prison to settle this issue. I'm willing to do that. But I also know that the likelihood of me going to prison is relatively small because we are right on this issue. Okay, well. He, I think he actually is right on this issue, meaning that he has a couple of defenses. One is executive privilege because he was working for Trump and therefore whatever he said to Trump was not, he's not compelled to talk about that in front of Congress. Executive privilege applies. And, and two, even if he thought executive privilege applied, it may be enough because you have to show beyond a reasonable doubt that it wasn't accident, inadvertence or mistake that he didn't show up for the, for the hearing in Congress. Not like he you know, wrote the wrong date on his calendar, but like he thought he actually had a rational reason for not showing up and that he thought executive privilege had been invoked. But is that the story that anybody's going to be telling today? Are they going to talk about the legal in and outs? First of all, if you are, it's already too late. If you're explaining, you're losing. Beyond that, the actual story that people are going to be covering is that chaos broke out at the press conference. So we're going to just do this. Here was some of the chaos at the press conference. With one of the most important constitutional separation of powers issues, and people will not let me speak. This is my First Amendment right. This is what I'm going to do now uh, is allow. Um, the marshals just saw you. The marshals just saw you. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. You just assaulted me. That man just assaulted me. He stuck a flagpole in between my legs. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Go. All right. Yeah, this is this is all great. This is just, this is all going to go extraordinarily well. 
In just a second, we'll get to the legal peril facing Donald Trump. He is now saying that he will testify at his own trial. His lawyer is going in the background. No, no. We'll get to that momentarily first. Very hard to live a healthy lifestyle these days. There's a lot of unhealthy food out there. There's some of us, like me, I don't like vegetables. I think they're evil. But I still need the nutrition to be gotten from things like vegetables, one of God's blights on humanity. This is why I rely on Balance of Nature fruits and veggies. They're a great way to make sure that you're getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Through Balance of Nature's advanced cold vacuum process, the vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients of the fruits and veggies are preserved. So you can get that vital nutrition in each capsule. Balance of Nature is a whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in their capsules is pure fruits and veggies. Balance of Nature sent a bunch of their product down to the studio for my team to try. We all love them. We've been using them. It's making my team healthier, making them feel better. I was really excited to find out the product certified kosher, so I myself can attest to the product. It is an excellent product. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your very first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com. Promo code Shapiro. Get 35% off your first preferred order. Again, you need nutrition weaponized, basically, so that you can make sure that you're healthy. It's hard to get all those fruits and veggies in. Balance of Nature helps you do it. Go to balanceofnature.com. Promo code Shapiro. 35% off your first preferred order. Also, we're now hours away from the X event of Candace Owens' new 10-part docuseries Convicting Murder. If you haven't heard, we're showcasing episode one tonight on X, that's formerly known as Twitter, at 9 p.m. Eastern. You know Stephen Avery's murder trial because everybody does because it was made famous by Hollywood. Netflix made an entire series about it, hugely watched series. Well, Candace Owens blows their narrative wide open. Their narrative is that Stephen Avery was an innocent victim of law enforcement. That is not what Convicting a Murderer says. Here's a sneak peek at the trailer. Coming up on Convicting a Murderer. Part of me don't want to believe that he did this. The blood that was on that back area was indicative of a head wound. My brother likes to push a lot of people around. I don't give a f- about anything. I ain't got to listen to nobody. How were these filmmakers able to convince so many people that a man like Stephen Avery is innocent? How many times did he stab her? Once. And show me where. Right here. They gave him power. They're trying to get everything on me that they did. It's not good for an Avery to have power. I had told you all along, keep your fucking mouth shut. That can hurt, Stephen. I'm not going to lie for him no more. I can't do it. Watch Convicting a Murderer, a new 10-part series on Daily Wire+. Plus. Before the ex-showcase of Convicting a Murderer, Candace will be chatting with special guests at a special ex-event at 5 p.m. Make sure you head on over to the ex-space to join that conversation. Episodes 1 and 2 are free to watch. Episode 3 is only available for Daily Wire Plus members. Head on over to dailywireplus.com slash subscribe. Sign up today. Okay, meanwhile, President Trump is uh, preparing for his legal travails. Uh, He suggested the other day in the classified documents trial, he's actually going to testify in his own trial, which would be the worst legal strategy almost literally ever. It would be, that is a terrible, terrible political strategy. Here's President Trump talking about how absolutely he's going to take the stand. Spoiler alert, he's not going to take the stand. So if you have to go to trial, will you testify in your own defense? Oh, yes, absolutely. You'll take the stand. That I I look forward to, because that's just like Russia, Russia, Russia. That's all the fake information from Russia, Russia, Russia. Remember when the dossier came out and everyone said, oh, that's so terrible, that's so terrible. And then it turned out to be it was a political report put out by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. I don't know if that has to do with anything, actually. But um, that is that is a very bad political strategy. But here's the thing. Let's say he does. Let's say he takes the stand. What do you think the news cycle is going to be about that week, that month, that year? What do you think it's going to be about? Meanwhile, that classified documents case, I continue to maintain is the strongest legal case against President Trump because he did the criming on tape, which is always first rule of criming. Don't do it on tape. Uh, according to CNN, Mar-a-Lago IT worker Yuskel Tavares has now struck a cooperation agreement with the special counsel's office in that federal case. 
Devera struck the case with prosecutors after being threatened with prosecution. He is the person referred to in the filing and superseding indictment as Trump employee number four. He's agreed to testify in the classified documents case in exchange. He will not be prosecuted. He has not been charged with any crime at this point. The filing marks the first public acknowledgement that special counsel Jack Smith has won the cooperation of key witnesses as part of the prosecution of Trump, longtime valet Walt Nauda and Mar-a-Lago property manager Carlos de Oliveira. Prosecutors have argued that Woodward, who now represents Nauta, could face conflicts of interest if he's representing Trump and also facing Walt Nauta. So, you know, again, this is going to be the, the story of the campaign unless Donald Trump is a very meticulous campaigner. And that has not been his history in the past. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is sounding off on who he would most likely debate. The answer is uh, Meghan Markle. The reason I bring up 90 million people watch that. 90 million right. people. And the only thing I think that might draw an audience that even approaches that would be if you were to sit down with the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, they don't like you much. Would you do that for the ratings? I didn't like the way she dealt with the queen. I became very friendly with the queen. She was an incredible woman. At 95, she was so sharp. Now, I, I think it's uh, it's not a good situation going on with uh, the two of them, but I didn't know that they don't like me. Somebody mentioned it might be so possible. They wouldn't be the only ones. But I mean, that would get ratings, wouldn't it? Oh, if you want to set it up, let's set it up. Let's, right. let's go do something. I'll, I'll, I'd love to debate her. I would uh, love it. Here's the thing. Donald Trump is so much more entertaining than every other person in the race. That is his draw. It is also, it's his, it's his blessing, his curse, Spider-Man. It, like the, the fact that Donald Trump is so much more magnetic, so much more charismatic, so much more interesting than every other person in the race means you're going to be talking about him. If you're talking about him, you're thinking about him. If you're thinking about him and talking about him, you know, you're not, Thinking or talking about the dead guy in the corner who's the president. That's that is in that is in a nutshell the problem in this election cycle. Okay, meanwhile, the WHO is now sounding yet another major alarm over COVID. Woohoo, here we go. Get ready. According to the Express, World Health Organization has warned of concerning trends for COVID-19 ahead of winter as a dangerous new strain runs rampant across the northern hemisphere. Here is the WHO chief, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus explaining that uh, it's time to uh, get prepared for lockdowns again. The increase in hospitalizations and this shows that COVID is here to stay and that we will continue to need tools to fight it. Okay, great. Well, meanwhile, there are a lot of schools, presumably led by all the teachers unions that are trying to mask up again. According to the Express, schools across America are reinstating mask mandates for kids in response to the surge in cases. Again, I will remind you that COVID, as a general rule, the original strain, which killed like a ton of people who are 70 years old, killed almost no one in the youngest age group. Kinsler-Bursch Junior High in Alabama has asked all students, staff, and visitors to start wearing face masks in classrooms, despite the absolute failure, according to all data, of mask mandates to actually effectuate a, a reduction in spread of disease. Alabama's Talladega City School District, which is home to more than 1,700 students, has also urged children and staff to wear masks. They said they're encouraged, but not required. Maryland Elementary School became embroiled in a controversy this week after they said that students must don N95 masks for 10 days, despite just a smattering of cases. New York health officials are ramping up their messaging around masks as well. So we're going to do mask wars again, which is just delightful. Meanwhile, Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, she was asked about the CDC, and uh, apparently they're going to ignore their own masking advice, which is exciting stuff. We are in a different place than we were two, three years ago. But let me... I mean, but the CDC does not seem to be responding to the data. I'll say this, and you're talking about schools. Yeah. Um, 
CDC, they're the experts. They're, they use science uh, to, come to, to come forward with their guidelines. And it is important that we allow them to do their work. Oh, so, uh, yeah, great. So I guess we'll be talking about mask mandates in schools again, literally the least useful intervention of pretty much all time. We're going to do that again in the name of to science. Now, wouldn't that be a good thing for the Republicans to talk about? Wouldn't that be a good thing for them to run against? It might be. Are they going to do that? Mm. Okay, meanwhile, controversy continues to swirl around this insane gambit by the Democratic Party to basically gut the American military so that we can pay for abortion. So th their basic idea is that you must allow the American military to pay for people to travel to other states for abortions, or we just won't even put up for a vote leaders of the military. And then we'll blame Republicans for not greenlighting that. That's the goal. They created a crap sandwich. The crap sandwich is all of our military appointments plus abortion. And Republicans are like, how about this? You put those guys up individually and we'll say yes to them individually and we will not say yes to the abortion stuff. And Democrats are like, why are you gutting the American military? So Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama, he uh, he's pointing out how ridiculous this is. He, he says on Twitter, Senator Schumer could put these nominations on the floor whenever he wants to, which of course is exactly right. It's not stopping Democrats from lying about it. Elizabeth Warren, who, I mean, let's be real. Like when we talk about people who are deeply concerned about America's military readiness, Elizabeth Warren doesn't list in the top 100. Uh, here is Elizabeth Warren explaining that Tommy Tuberville is undermining American national security. I'm sure you speak to some of your Republican counterparts in the Senate. You're friends with some of them. How can they allow this guy to continue with this? What's going on? All right, so let's start with the first part, and that is what Senator Tuberville is doing is undermining our national security. This is what the Secretary of Defense says. This is what all of the defense experts say. And this is, in fact, I'm sure you've heard the story about the Chinese diplomat who recently was laughing and making fun at his American counterpart because we can't even get our military promotions in line. Yeah, they care so deeply about the military promotions. Well, no, what they care about is making you pay for other people's abortions. That's what they really care about. In violation of basically common sense rules that the Senate has abided by for decades, right? That federal funding should not go toward abortion. Doesn't mean the federal government hasn't funded Planned Parenthood. They have, but we're not supposed to directly pay for abortions. That's what we are now doing. Meanwhile, the rest of the Republican candidates are still out there. We're talking a lot about Trump because Trump is far and away the leader, front runner in the field. What the polls are showing right now is some movement on behalf of Nikki Haley in particular states, particularly in Iowa. You're seeing some movement for Nikki Haley. Nationally, Trump is still far and away the leader. He's, he's ahead by 34 points in the latest CNN poll. That same poll is showing that Biden is very weak. He's showing Trump at 52, DeSantis at 18, nobody else in double digits. So for all the incoming that DeSantis has taken, he is still the number two candidate in this race by a fairly long shot. Even in Iowa, the latest polls are still showing that DeSantis is far and away number two. It's got... Trump at 42 and DeSantis at 19. That is according to the latest NBC News Des Moines Register poll. In New Hampshire, it's basically Trump and then a scrum. The latest Emerson poll has Trump at 49 and then it has DeSantis at eight, Christie at nine, Scott at six, Ramaswamy at, at three. You've got a Trafalgar group poll, which, you know, you got to take with a grain of salt with Trump at 50, DeSantis at 11, Christie at nine, Scott at eight, Ramaswamy at 10. So just a bunch of people who are, who are sort of congregated there. DeSantis still remains the most durable second place candidate despite all the incoming that he's been taking. And despite the fact he hasn't really had a lot of kind of bright shining moments in this campaign so far. Yesterday, some moron in the crowd suggested that he was responsible for a, a mass killing of black people in Jacksonville. And, uh, and this is where DeSantis really is the best. DeSantis really is quite good at fighting back against a smear. So uh, here's what it sounded like. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
The person saying you've allowed weapons to fill the street into immature, hateful people that have caused the deaths of the people who were murdered a couple weeks ago. So first of all, uh, I did not allow anything with that. Well, listen, excuse me. I'm not going to let you accuse me of committing criminal activity. I am not going to take that. I am not going to take that. So you, you should, you want to have a civil conversation, that's one thing. Try to say that I'm letting, that guy was Baker acted. He should have been, he should have been ruled ineligible, but they didn't involuntarily commit him. And so they weren't. No, no, I don't, no, no. There is the truth. There is something about the truth. It's not everyone doesn't have their own truth. No. You don't get to come here and, and, and blame me for some madman. That is not appropriate. And I'm not going to accept it. Okay, so it's, uh, th- that is what DeSantis is good at. More of this. More of this DeSantis would probably help him in the race. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today. Joe Rogan, of course, has been good on this issue for a while now because Joe Rogan operates in a very masculine world where men fight each other in a cage. And uh, he was talking with Bill Maher recently about so-called gender-affirming care, and he went directly after it. It's <laughs> terrifying that they're, that they're calling it gender-affirming care when it's really childhood mutilation before you have the ability to figure out what permanent means. You're f- seven years old. You can't get your face tattooed. No. You, you can't go to war. You can't get married. There's reasons for all that stuff. You're too young. And this idea that you should be able to make life-changing choices like hormone blockers, which are, A, not reversible, no matter what the f*** they say. They say it's reversible. No, the changes happen to your body during puberty, and if you stop those changes, that change is, you can't reverse that. You're going to have a micropenis. You're, you're, You're taking estrogen while your body's developing. You're blocking your testosterone. If you're doing all that stuff, it's going to have an effect on your body. Now, if you're happy with that effect and you don't care, okay. But how many people aren't, and how many people are young, and how many detransitioners are there who have horrible stories? And, and, and you're a monster and a bigot if you even bring that up. He's right, obviously. The fact that it, one of the great ironies about this whole debate, and Bill Maher obviously is on the right side of this debate too, is that four years ago, Dennis Prager was on Bill Maher's show. And you'll recall, Dennis Prager literally said that there are people who say that men menstruate. And Bill Maher and his entire guest panel laughed at Dennis. That was four years ago. And now... Bill Maher and Joe Rogan are having to say the same thing that Dennis was saying. Yeah, it, it is amazing how fast the, the culture changes and moves in time with what the radical left wants. Okay, time for a couple of things that I hate. So, Hillary Clinton has a new job. This is exciting. She apparently is teaching a course at Columbia University, which makes perfect sense since she was a terrible secretary of state, a failed presidential candidate, and uh, ran a scam foundation. So that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Again, the, the places where retired Democrats go to pasture, they, they go to pasture in academia and on MSNBC. That's, that's where they go. According to the New York Times, it was 20 minutes into the first class of the semester when a professor of foreign policy at Columbia University halted the lecture. I see the phones and I see the camera. She said, this is not a Taylor Swift concert. To avoid further disruption, the professor, Karen Yarhimilo, offered students a five-minute reprieve. They could raise their phones to photograph the celebrity co-teacher standing on stage, newly minted Professor Hillary Clinton. This, Mrs. Clinton noted, as hundreds of cameras focused upon her, is like the paparazzi, a topic like foreign policy she knows a great deal about. Oh, what a, what a joy and a wonder she is. 
Across New York City, students and teachers have returned from summer vacation this week, says the New York Times. For Mrs. Clinton, 75, this marks her return to school after a much longer lapse. It has been nearly 50 years since her stint as a professor at the University of Arkansas Law School in Fayetteville, Arkansas. On Tuesday, the day before our first lecture, Mrs. Clinton, a former secretary of state, U.S. senator and first lady, was setting up her office, which overlooks the campus from the 14th floor of Columbia's International Affairs Building, studying her binders of outlines and notes. I feel good, she said, but jittery. As is the case with most enterprises embarked upon by Mrs. Clinton, who has long been a sort of national Rorschach test, beloved by many, loathed by many others, her new gig carries greater meaning than simply a return to her academic roots. The new job at Columbia may allow Mrs. Clinton to reemerge publicly as a foreign policy expert. After years of being depicted in the press and the public's imagination as the presidential candidate vanquished by Donald J. Trump. Um, so, yeah, she's going to pose as a foreign policy expert. She presided over some of the worst foreign policy decisions in American history under Barack Obama. But not a particular shock. They're now establishing a new Institute of Global Politics over at Columbia. What is the inaugural group? Well, it includes Marie Ivanovich, who's the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, who is at odds with Donald Trump. Stacey Abrams, Georgia voting rights activist. These are, these are the Institute of Global Politics, Stacey Abrams. And Eric Schmidt, former CEO and chairman of Google. The fellows will work with students and scholars to mesh research and practical experience in the hopes of solving social and political problems on a global... Once again, folks, if you have the ability to uh, provide your child an alternative path to going to an Ivy League college and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on it, do it. Because if you're paying Hillary Clinton hundreds of thousands of dollars to educate you, um, I, I just don't think that's going to go amazingly well. All righty, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be talking about idiot environmental protesters at the U.S. Open, plus the worst column of the day. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 